Let's open to Romans 12, 5 and talk about being the body of Christ. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. If you read this in the NIV, it says, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that we would put it in our minds and in our hearts. Send us home with this resonating in us and help us to be the body you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. So today we're going to talk about it's time to be the body. And there's four questions that I want to tackle. The first one is, what is the body of Christ? Another is, how do we become part of the body of Christ? What is the purpose of the body? And what is the destination of the church? That last one always gets me a little excited. We'll get there. It's number four, so we got to wait. But uh, let's talk about what is the body of Christ. And let's just open right up to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 and read about it. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cutting craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So today we're talking about the body, of the, Christ, the body of Christ. I love the analogies and the metaphors. I had to look up the difference between the two. An analogy is, this is like this. And a metaphor is, it just, it says it like directly. This isn't like this, this is this. And you, you realize that it's a metaphor. So this, this would be a metaphor. The church is the body of Christ. It is. It is a conglomeration of individuals. And without differences and distinctions in the different parts of the body, you can't come together as a full being and have the potential that you would if every part was the same. So, and I like these metaphors because they give us a little bit of an insight how to grasp, grasp the things of the Spirit. So we can't walk around and look at the things of the Spirit. So there's a lot of examples in Scripture of of things in the agricultural world or things that you might see walking down the street or in the workplace or in the home that says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. 
So I love these metaphors. So we're going to dig into the body of Christ today. According to media news today, the body contains around 50 to 100 trillion cells, and they are very widely they vary widely in size, number, structure, and use. The cells also communicate with each other and connect to create a solid, well-formed organism. In humans, cells build tissues, tissues form organs, and the organs work together to keep the body alive. So lots of intricate players in, in one human body, if you would look at that. And there's, so that's all the cells. Many, many, many cells, trillions of cells. Now, how many systems are in the body? I have a handful listed here. There's the nervous system, the musculoskeletal, oh, I could never say this one. Musculoskeletal system, the cardiovascular or circulatory system, the respiratory system, the reproductive system, digestive system, immune system. All these systems are needed for the body not to be overcome and to pass away. No more to be. You need all of them to work together for a healthy body to function. Did you know there's around 78 organs in the human body that all work together for you to function properly? Did you bring them all with you today? <laughs> so the body of Christ has many parts and systems that work together, kind of like the human body. Like Pastor said, it's amazing how the things in the spiritual form the physical. So you can look at the physical and get insights to what happened when it was created by God. It's absolutely incredible. So these are, there's some systems in the body of Christ, and we read about them. And I kind of like how um, the systems of the body, you know, the, like the circulatory system. There's more than one part. There's all kinds of parts that make just that system, and it works with other systems. And that's what this five-fold ministry is like. They're each a system that works together in conglomeration to have a healthy body. And each system is intricate and it's composed of multiple parts. So what are the, some of the systems of the body of Christ? There's apostleship, the prophetic, the evangelical, pastoral, and instructional. So the apostle, who, who are the apostles? Those are the ones that are sent out, the sent out ones. They are to be spiritual builders and to establish churches. Then there's the prophets. They are the spokesperson or the mouth of God. They give direction and encourage and strengthen the church. Evangelists are those called to proclaim the good news and to bring the lost to salvation. Pastors are called to protect, correct, comfort, discipline, and guide the local church. I would call them the under-shepherds of the good shepherd. And teachers are to expound and explain the word of God. So I love all these systems put together. And the church is going to be healthy when all these systems are working together smoothly, not in competition, but in um, communion, when they're working in harmony. So when we were digging in that Ephesians 4, we looked at those five those five awesome systems of the church. So what are the purpose of these systems? And we read about that too in Ephesians 4. One is for the equipping of the church. So God's got a work for all of us to do, and he's going to equip us to do it. And I think he has been strengthening the church. People 
who have been in the church for a long time have really had to decide, am I in or am I out? So we need to be equipped. He's strengthening us to do what he wants us to do. The purpose of these systems is to build the church up from the foundation. He's working in us until we are mature enough to do what he's called us to do, what he made us for. And another purpose of the system of the church is uniting of the church. So these, these multiple systems can build and unite the church, bring it all together. So there's the systems, the purpose of the systems, and then there's the methods used to bring all of these systems in together. And these are, these are awesome methods because they come right from the heart of God, and I love them. There is truth in love, as we read in Ephesians 4. So when the body operates in truth, we've got the right mission. We've got the right purpose. We know where we are. We know the way of righteous. We know that path we are to stay on. And when we live that and speak it and act it in love, that has the heartbeat of God in it. It has the truth of God and the heartbeat of God. And that's what this body needs to act in this world and to pull people in from those, the fires, the lake of fire. Pull the people in that are walking in the wrong way. And when we have the truth and love, it's going to draw men. All men will be draw, drawn to Christ who is lifted up, and he is the head of the body. He is. And so when we operate with truth and love, and we also have each part doing its own share, we can really be effective. So as you as an individual operate in the kingdom of God, you might look over to see other people and you say, I'm not made quite like them. Well, that's a good thing. It's a good thing because if we're all the same, we can't have that vast, that vast varying ability that can work together to accomplish what's needed. I mean, even a good company needs an HR department, engineering department, marketing department, all kinds of roles that are filled to accomplish its purpose. So the body needs that too. So a sick body is disconnected. It has members that fight and conflict and strive with each other. They have actions that are driven by selfishness. And they put each other down with their words and put themselves before others. We don't want a sick body. So what does a healthy body look like? There's going to be unity, which are members that come together and the thing that can bring us together is Christ himself and the mission he's given the church. Even if you talk about um, a military group that's sent out on a mission, if they don't all believe the mission, choose to follow it, know their role to accomplish the mission, and they're not going to let their ego get in charge and think that they're better than the one who gave them the instruction to do the mission I mean, they're going to be foiled if they let some of these things get in the way. So we need unity to accomplish the mission. There's no room for ego, no room for complexity and all these things that we might think up. There's no room to pass the blame or to leave unforgiveness. We need to forgive. We need to take charge and take responsibility and live for the mission and put God first and foremost. And we'll, when we have unity, we will accomplish that mission. And we talked about these two already, but a healthy body has unity, truth, and love. So without the truth, the church is misguided. So having the right mission, 
dismissing the false doctrine, it's going to let us stay on target and reach that, reach that destination. We're going to make it to heaven if we stay on target, if we keep the truth, keep the word of God in front of us and guiding us as a church. And we will hear the words, well done, you good and faithful servant. And love. So Colossians 13 states this so well about the purpose of love. And it talks about if I have any heavenly gift, and if God is working miraculously through different parts of the body, but if there's no love, it doesn't count. It counts as nothing. So there can be supernatural power of God working through members of the church, but there has to be love for it to do anything worthwhile. If we're a loving church, we don't, we don't count the times that we've been wronged. If we're a loving church, we give people space. We, we don't judge people. We don't give them a hard, you have to do this by now or you're out. We have to have grace. We have to not compete, but come, along, come alongside each other. Not look at each other with um, competition, but have a connection. I've heard that connection kills competition, and competition kills connection. So we aren't to compete with each other. We got to connect with each other and work together. A healthy church won't let division destroy them. And you know the enemy has tried to throw all kinds of things at the church and the world to cause division. I mean, just recently, think of politics, race, vaccines, masks. They're all controversial issues that can be our downfall, and we can't let that happen. We can't hold so tightly to what we think is the right thing that we offend someone else, and we can't let someone else speaking on these things cause us to be separated from the body. We need to be connected. We can't be divided. So speaking of convictions that could divide us, I would say there's three categories that we need to have in mind. There's biblical stances that clearly define sin. It's cut and dry. You find it in the word, and we need to uphold to it. And then there are church leadership guidelines that help establish perimeters or guardrails that keep us from falling into that slippery slope of sin. And those are important, important to keep us from falling in. And then there are personal convictions that we feel are right for us. So we'll function best as the body of Christ when we follow those biblical truths, when we submit to what is spoken by the authority in our lives, and we live according to the convictions we have without trying to put them on others. So let's read another scripture about the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, a little bit later in the chapter, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So it's God's will for you as individual members to perform your role in the body. We each, as individuals, can appreciate the variety of people God has put in the church to work together. So we need to work together trusting God 
who is the founder of the church, to accomplish the purpose he has. We belong to him and we belong to each other. If you read some more of the uh, scriptures on the body of Christ, it says, if you're an eye, how can you say to the foot, I don't need you? And if you're a hand, how can you say to, you know, the, the ear, I, I don't need you either? I mean, if we were all eyes on the body, you could see something, but you could never get to it because you don't have feet. Or if you are the eyes and you don't have hands, how could you ever interact with it? And you might think, I'm the eye. You can't see without me. How are you supposed to get anything done? Well, how are you supposed to get anything done if we're only an eye? So we need to put others before ourselves. We need to watch out for each other. We need to work in conjunction with each other. We need that hand-eye coordination, so to speak. So watch out for others. We can come together and accomplish what God really wants us to do. There's another metaphor that's used in Scripture that shows our connection as the body to the head, which is Christ. And this metaphor is the vine and the branches, found in John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So the body of Christ, what is the body without the head? We all need to be connected and tapped into what the Lord is doing. If we're trying to function as a body without a head, well, if you've ever seen a chicken with its head cut off, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> we need the head. We need to be connected to the Lord. And we need to work in conjunction with the body. Another thing with this vine and branches is if I, I remember a little bit of the xylem and the phloem from high school chemistry or physics class. Well, there's... There's uh, the different nourishment that happens between the vine and the branches. So there's, there's, the, um, there's water and minerals that flow from the vine to the branches. And there's nourishment that flows the other way from the, the, from the branches, from the leaves that come back into the vine. So there's the upward and the downward. There's a connection, there's a flow between that we need to be in tune with for it to work properly. So if we're connected to God, we will live, we will have identity, and have purpose. Without the vine, you can't live. Without your identity, how are you supposed to know what you're to do? At men's group, we made a comment of without an identity, you have no purpose. What is your purpose if you don't even know who you are or what you are? So we are the branches. We are to produce fruit, and we are to receive nourishment from the vine. We are that connection between what God wants to do and what he wants to receive. It's that, that amazing connection that he desires of us. So God has, God has chosen to partner with us. It's pretty amazing to think of. He has had a chosen people. Originally, it was the Israelites, the seed of Abraham. They were to be the people of faith, the people of God. And if you read in Romans 11, it talks about the people of Israel being like a branch on the vine that was broken off. The people of God rejected their Messiah. 
despite his patience, his mercy, and his grace. I mean, these people were complainers. Stiff-necked, they were called. And God put up with them for a long time. But eventually, they basically broke themselves off the vine. And at that point, the Gentile church was grafted in its place. God has always wanted that connection with his people. But we all, including the Jews, are still in a time of, gl- time of grace where we can be grafted back into that vine. We need to be connected. We need to be connected. So that's the body of Christ. So how do we become part of the body of Christ? Well, how are you grafted into that vine? How do you become part of the church, the family of God? You must be born again, born again, born of the Spirit. John 3, 3 through 7, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb when he is born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said unto you, you must be born again. So Jesus was that example for us on how to come in and to break into that spiritual new life. Because up until then, everyone had passed. Everyone had died the first death and were ready to experience a second death unless there was a Savior that came to pay for everything that was done. So Jesus was that one, not of sinful flesh. He was pure, sinless. He took those sins, put them on the cross for us, so that we could follow in his footsteps as the church. I think of a baby being born, and a healthy baby being born will have The head of the baby emerged first, and then the body follows. And I see Jesus as the one who is broken through in the spiritual realm. And we just need to follow right after him. It's it's a lot easier after he's come through for us to just follow in his footsteps and be connected to him. Stay close, and you'll make it through easy. You'll make it through. A couple more scriptures on joining the family of God. Many of us have heard them, but it's always a good reminder And it's always good to have the opportunity for someone who may not have heard it to hear it again. Luke 24, 46 through 47 says, And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So his resurrection makes our resurrection possible as his body. And Acts 2.38, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You want to be part of the body? You need His Holy Spirit in you. You need the Spirit that's in the head to be in the body. You need that connection. You need that strength from the Spirit of God to flow through you so you can be the body of Christ you're meant to be. So beginning this new life as a child of God is signified by repentance and baptism and the Holy Spirit. And when you become part of the body of Christ, you are a new creature. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, 
that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. When we put on those new garments of the Holy Spirit, we walk as new, a new creation, ready to be the body of Christ we were meant to be from the beginning. So stay connected to the body. We need to regularly get strength from each other and from the Lord. Stay connected as individuals to the head. Let, let God guide each of us, and then let us come together and feel the strength of the church working and be encouraged, be lifted, be strengthened. Let's read that in Hebrews 10.25. It says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, especially after COVID, <laughs> but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Anyone know what exhort means? I looked it up. It's to strongly encourage. Strongly encourage each other in the Lord. When we come together, let's give some word of encouragement. You can make it. That sounds tough, but this is something that you can do. And, and I can give you this resource, or I will give you some prayer, and God will bring you through it. So we as a church can strengthen each other. Psalm 92, 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You want to flourish? Let's be planted in the house of the Lord with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's follow the example of those in the body that have experiences that we haven't had yet either. So we can read about that in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. This is Paul saying, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And that's how this body is supposed to work. Jesus Christ was the ultimate example. And everyone that knew him was called to walk in his footsteps. He said, follow me. So we are to imitate Christ. And as you see those who are a little bit further along in life in following Christ than you, you can pick up on some things and imitate them and you'll find you'll be right in line, getting closer to the Lord than ever before. In Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. We need the fullness of God. We need his love to flow into us and out of us. It's God's desire that we develop spiritually in this new life. And each day we can learn more about, about what our Heavenly Father has called us to do and work together to get it done. So let's turn to him for forgiveness. Let's forgive others. Let's move on with a new resolve to please him rather than ourselves. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete it. He started it. He will get it done. Just stay connected. Stay connected to the body.
as part of the body, um, there's, there's a good analogy is if you get punched in, your, in the side, you'll automatically have other body parts that will cover for it. And that's what we are to do as the body of Christ. When there is an injury, there can be healing that is helped through the body. We can make it through it together. There's some things that you will get strength from when you help lift up your neighbor, when you help cover them. And don't be afraid to be covered by someone during that time where you're gaining strength from God with a covering. You'll come, just come back to strength, recoup, and hit it again. So what is the purpose of the body? This is an interesting question. God made the body. He gave us the metaphor of it in Scripture. So there's a reason for it. There's a purpose of the body. And I would say that the body is the manifestation of God on earth. So when we are surrendered vessels, kind of like that, that branch that lets things flow in and flow out, when we're surrendered vessels for God, to work through, we become the manifestation of God on earth. Some people will see the works of God if we let God do what he wants to through us. And it's not us, it's God. So we are that manifestation of God on earth. We were even created in the beginning in the image of God. So people can see him when we truly act as his body. Colossians 3, 10 through 11 says, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. So we were made in his image even before the fall of man, and we were renewed back into the proper image of Christ when Jesus paid the perfect price and gave us that new life through the new birth we talked about. So the body of Christ, it doesn't see nationality. It doesn't see the traditions. It doesn't see physical wealth or poverty. It doesn't see the status of its constituents. We are all one in Christ. We are all one. There are some past manifestations of the Spirit of God. There's the pillar of the fire and the cloud. There's the fire that fell and, and consumed the burnt sacrifices on the altar. There's the angel of lo the Lord that appeared before men. There was Jesus in bodily form. And what a privilege it is for the Holy Spirit to come into us and we can be a vessel through which it can work through so that people on this earth can see the body of Christ in action and see a picture of God himself manifested. So the church... Our purpose, we're commissioned to reach the world. We are to manifest what God is and what his body is intended to be. So what, what are we commissioned to do? Well, let's read Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. It's interesting that Jesus has said, I am the light of the world. But in this particular place, he said, you are the light of the world. That's because he's got that partnership with us. He wants us to be his body. And when we are truly connected 
then he can flow through us and he can be the light that comes out and people see that light in us even though the source is the head, which is Christ. All right, so that was the three questions we got. Our last question, what is the destination of the church? So we finally made it to this, my favorite part. Hebrews 12, 23 says, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. So we are the church of the firstborn who are what? Registered in heaven. We've got our names written in heaven if we are the church, which is the body of Christ. Revelation 2.7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, the churches is the body of Christ. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of of the paradise of God. We started eating from the tree of life, and we would have continued in that pure, perfect state which God had initially made us in until we let sin in because we had free choice. But that's where the blood sacrifice of Jesus and our new birth in him and our connection to become part of his body come into that communion, that close relationship that was at the beginning We're back into that union, into that relationship. And then the tree of life can come back. And where is it in the middle of? The paradise of God. That's exciting. Think about where you're going to be if you stay connected to the church. I'm going to eat from the tree of life and the paradise of God. And Revelation 2.11, a few verses later, says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt. By the second death. So there's the first death, and we've all succumbed to it, except for Jesus. He could not be consumed, for there was no sin in his life. We might succumb to the first death, but we will not be hurt by the second death if we can stay connected to the body of Christ. So, in conclusion, we're all in us, all in this together. So fulfill your unique purpose. Embrace the variety God has put in the body. We need to function in unity, in truth, and in love. So what's your next step? Are you ready to become part of the body of Christ? Or how can you better represent the body of Christ since you've become part of the body? Or what is something you can do to fulfill the God-given mission of the church? And I would encourage everyone, stay faithfully on the path of righteousness, holding on to the inspiration that the destination of the church is a heavenly paradise. So if we can take some time, I think it would be appropriate to pray for someone close to you. Pray for another member of the body. Learn somebody's name you haven't before. Let's stay connected. Let's encourage each other. So I welcome you to come and... Put an arm around a brother or a sister.
Paula singing as a prayer. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Come on, body of Christ, let's lift our hands. Let's plug in today to that heavenly source that is our head. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. You know the words, sing it as you come to pray. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Come on, make a declaration. I live for you, Jesus. Your grace is sufficient for me. make a commitment in this room you're going to build your life on him build your life on him the rock of Christ Jesus we establish someone today God give them the steps they need to walk in your ways God speak the truth of love. 